We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast, taping a little later on a Monday. We've got the Lincoln Riley Zoom presser from this weekend. Say hello to the voice of the Sooners, acclaimed author, Toby Rowland. Has the wrist started hurting yet from all the autographed copies of Unhitch the Wagon or what? No, 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 no. It's great. Yeah, I'm having so much fun, man. Good, I man. can't believe uh I can't believe people uh are, are fired up about the book and want it, and I'm flattered, and I will sign as many of them as people want. So uh this is this is a hoot. I've never done anything like this before, so I'm thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. Now for those that want more information, uh Toby's got it on his Instagram and what can we find it on Amazon as well? I mean it's pretty much available anywhere right now, isn't it? You can buy the book on Amazon or Barnes and Noble online. It's uh it's showing up in stores this week. Uh Barnes and Noble, let's see, in Norman, I know Occasions has it. Tim Lizzie's downtown. There's a bunch of play at Balfour on Campus Corner. Um, there's a bunch of places, and and we have been uh, telling people if they would like a personalized copy, we can make that happen too. Just shoot me a request on Twitter, and we'll try to get everybody uh, taken care of. How cool! Look at you. You even have a little follow the author page on Amazon. Did you know this? How about that? Look yeah. How about that? That's a great picture of you. Oh, that's awesome, how about man. That? I know. I, give me a follow there, and uh, anytime I drop a, a work of literature, it'll show up right there, which okay. is me probably never again in my life. How about this? How about this? Because I'm a big Amazon guy. All right, let me rephrase that. My wife buys everything on Amazon. I just you know say, okay. Um, customers also bought items by Nina Mata, have no idea who that is, and LeBron James under right. about Toby Rowland. Oh, that's that's awesome, man. Oh, I goodness. think a lot of people, when they think of one of us, <laughs> thinks of the other. <laughs> so that's not surprising to oh, me. Not man. surprising. Hey, at all. What, yeah. what a what a wild weekend, you know? It and you finally Oklahoma gets back. Joe has a great press conference on Friday. That's on our Friday pod. We're going to put the link in Zoom on the end of this uh, podcast here. But, I mean, it's just almost as if there's never-ending news, right? You get the, the nine positives and then the, the number in quarantine that uh, I, I guess is unknown right now. Uh, you, you get the news that hasn't been confirmed by Oklahoma about Kennedy Brooks. Now all of these things that, um, you know, we haven't had to worry about too much during COVID-19, players opting out and positive tests, have kind of reared their ugly head. And it happens right whenever students are getting ready to roll back into campus. So uh, just a a bit of a gut punch this weekend, but still moving ahead, aren't they? 
it, ha- it happened all at once. Yes. You know, I mean, we were, we were doing so good. Uh, OU was racking up zero positive after zero positive, And then bam, uh, all of a sudden nine positives and the Kennedy Brooks news. Um, yeah. And it all coincides with students coming back. So I don't know. I think I'm a little rattled. I'm a little shaken. Uh, by the the weekend, I think that probably is how everybody's feeling. Um, may, maybe even inside the program. Uh, everything was going so good, and then here's the speed bump. And, um, you know, I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down opinion lane for a second. Oh, let's go. So uh, forgive me. I, I've not run these opinions by anyone for approval. But I think OU – had a a better plan than what we ended up with here. I think the OU plan was the best possible plan out there, and it got derailed a little bit by the conferences. Um, If they could have started football on August 29th, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, if they could have started on August 29th and the Big 12 championship on December 19th, I think we figured up that would have been like seven bye weeks or something like that in there, Mm -hmm. maybe eight. And I think that would have been the best possible circumstance, the best possible course of action to deal with this thing. The more bye weeks in the middle of it, the better to postpone games, to get healthy in between games, all that kind of stuff. And then the conferences kind of, you know, not, not, I'm not picking on the big 12. I'm just saying collectively, they all started coming back out and saying, we want to start later so that we have more information, I guess, on, on the disease and everything. And uh, Big 12 ended up with September 26th, which moved OU back to September 12th, which threw camp off a little bit. And uh, and Lincoln, rightfully so, said, I'm going to give my guys some time off. I, I think that, you know, they don't even really know when they're going to play football. If they're going to play football, practices probably aren't very focused right about now my guys could use a break. And then because of that, you end up with nine positive COVID tests and all that kind of stuff. So uh, not ideal. And uh, where we've ended here now is, is everybody's a little rattled, but the important thing, Chris, important thing, Chris, is to uh, take the news, to deal with the cases and to be able to keep going forward. You know, the Miami Marlins situation happened. You got to overcome it and go forward. The St. Louis Cardinals situation happened. You got to overcome it and go forward. This is not on par with those. I'm just saying this is the biggest thing Oklahoma's encountered so far. Nine positives at once stinks, but they've got a plan. They knew this was coming at some point. Execute that plan and keep keep going forward. And if football teams across the country who are going to try to play this fall would adopt that philosophy and know going in, everybody needs to understand we're not going through this without a blemish. It's going to happen to everybody. And when it does, we've got a plan and we're going to keep going forward. If they can do that, then we got a chance to have football this fall. I think that's a key thing to keep in mind. We're, this isn't just happening this past weekend. This is happening many weeks before across the country. And breaking news, it's probably going to happen across college football for weeks to come. Why? Just because that's the nature of this virus. And you're right, Tiro. You've got to find ways to continue to mitigate it. I thought the, the, the testing news with the saliva testing was a big deal because that kind of gives you a little bit more of an instantaneous reaction. Though I, did, I don't really have, have ever seen or I, I haven't really heard much, and I think Josie kind of addressed this too, testing hasn't really been as much of a problem here in, in, in Oklahoma, especially Norman, than it has been across the country. But still, you, know, you look the saliva testing, that's a big deal, and – that plan when someone happens to test positive or when someone gets symptomatic, that's the key to make sure that it doesn't spread across the team. You mitigate it and you move on. And you obviously provide all the services necessary to keep someone healthy. But this is uh, this is our norm, I think, if we're going to get through this season, right? We're going to have this happen, uh, hopefully not a lot, but at the very least a handful of times across college football. And the key is to have plan as you just laid out eloquently i mean i'm sitting here saying the same thing you did toby it's mitigate and move on and, and make sure that everyone stays healthy that's your challenge in front of you yeah i mean it's hard though right. because when you get hit with that news that you've got nine positives uh you know then here comes everybody 
uh, around the country who doesn't feel like it's the right thing to do with criticism. And maybe even some of those people are, are closer than around the country. Maybe they're on campus, you know? And so the criticism starts coming in and, and you second guess yourself. I would imagine if you are in a, a leadership position, are we doing the right thing here? And that's understandable. And maybe we'll get to the point where the medical professionals say it's not the right thing to do. But um, I, and you know full well the people in charge of the health of this football team um, from Brock Schnabel, Doc McGinnis, um, on and on and on. You could name them all because you're down there with all of them. Scott mm-hmm. Anderson, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and these are guys who are at the top of their profession, who have the best interest of these athletes at heart. Even when sometimes that interest does not jive with what the head coach would want or what uh, a fan base would want or whatever. They are looking out for these guys, you know, and they've got a plan in place and they feel like they can execute this plan. And this is the biggest test so far, but as long as everybody can believe in the plan and keep going forward, then they got a shot. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Nothing is a guarantee in 2020, but they got a shot. By the way, um, just one quick scheduling note, because Toby, you and I didn't get a chance to talk about the schedule. We had you and Chad and, and Jason getting your perspective on the schedules. But as we're taping tonight, the SEC is releasing its schedule. How about this little nugget? November 14th, third round of the Masters, Alabama at LSU, Oklahoma scheduled bye week. Not bad. Um, now, again, keep in mind, some of these bye weeks could end up having games. For instance, I'm, I'm, I have the schedule here in front of me. Let's say there's a, a breakout in Ames. Maybe Ames has to push back a little bit, and one of these bye weeks gets filled with, with an Iowa State game. But schedule-wise, you and I didn't get a chance to talk one-on-one about it. Uh, odd to see OU not home in the entire month of October, which is d- definitely different as we're still going to play OU Texas in the Cotton Bowl. But who knows? Maybe it works out that by the time we get to November, that number can go from 25% to a little higher, and you end up with a few more fans in the stands in November than you might have had in October or September. I mean, that, that's really glass half full in it right now, but what kind of stood out to you when you saw the schedule? I think that, um, I mean, the ma- a couple of things. The, the major thing is how long they're going to be away from the palace. You know, yeah. that's uh, shocking. Um, uh, I don't think we've ever had a stretch where they've gone six straight weeks I shouldn't say that. Not while you and I have been involved. (laughs) Six straight weeks where you don't have a home game. And uh, there's a bye week in there, and the Texas game is one of those. But still, for six consecutive weeks, they're not going to have 41 41 days between home games. Uh, That's uh, bizarre. A fumigation October is what we're calling it at the Palace. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to play a couple of home games and then we're going to make sure that place is clean for the closing stretch. But that'll be a test, you know, I mean, not that they're going to come home and practice, but that's a lot of loading up on airplanes and in hotels, playing a football game and staying healthy in consecutive weeks in a lot of cases. Uh, So that that will be a test. I think the other thing is that closing kick could be extreme. Well, it all it doesn't always happen that way. And you look at the schedule, and, yep. and lo and behold, it comes down to the last three weeks, and look who we've got to play. we got the teams that are a factor in this thing down the stretch. and It looks like that could be a case again this year with uh, Oklahoma State and, uh, and Baylor. I think Baylor's a really intriguing team. Baylor went from the first conference game to the last with the revised schedule, and I don't know what they are under the new head coach. But I think I would have rather played them early when they, you know, they didn't have a spring practice and they got a new head coach and they can't possibly, it's going to take a while for the system to be understood and everybody be on the same page. By the time you get them December 5th, that might be a pretty good football team. So that, uh, and then, you know, you sandwich in there a trip to Morgantown and on uh, Thanksgiving weekend and, and that'll be snowy and icy and <clears throat> not fun. So uh, those are the things I think that jump out at me. I've got so many scheduling questions for you, so I'll just ask one. Then we'll get a Kennedy Brooks thought, and I'll get you out of here. All right? First, you know me. I'm fascinated with the TV side of things. 
What do you expect to happen with the ESPNs and the Foxes of the world? You know, the big noon kickoff was branded on Fox, and we had a handful of 11 a.m. games last year, but it really seemed more geared towards the Big Ten and those Ohio State and Michigan games they had. Um, I, I would assume, since you only have right now three of the Power Five conferences playing, Toby, they'll they'll want more maybe in primetime in the afternoon. What's kind of your sense? I know we don't have start times yet, but do you have a sense, do you have a feel of maybe what might be the norm? as far as start times this year and how the networks are going to handle it? I think of OU's 10 games, uh, unpopular opinion alert. Turn down your uh, Uh podcast now. Uh Uh-oh. I think of those 10 games, five of them at least will be at 11 a.m. I think think you're right. I don't think Fox is going to go away from their big noon mindset. Well, I mean, if they do, then I reserve the right to change that opinion. (laughs) But as of now, if they're going to keep putting their – premier game at 11 a.m. Right. And all they have is the Big 12. Uh, guess who the premier team is in the Big 12? Now, right. they're not going to put yeah. them there every week. I mean, they'll they'll put Texas there some, and they'll put Oklahoma State there some. But Oklahoma's going to get its fair share, and it may run into it a couple of other times on ESPN, too. So, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe with fewer teams, you know, the primetime slots are, are a, a little more available, and they'll find their way into – 7 p.m. or something like that more than I think. But with Fox only having the Big 12 and Oklahoma being the biggest draw in this conference, if their biggest game is going to be at 11 a.m., then I think Oklahoma is going to be playing a lot at 11 a.m. And then finally, Toby, I'll let you get out of here before we Sorry. Listen. No. Sorry. Everyone's mad at me right now. I just I hope I'm wrong about that. I ain't mad. Um, and the final thought would be, actually, you know what? I better shut up because we'll be road tripping everywhere, and that might mean some really early trips to the stadium, so I might just want to keep my mouth shut right now. <laughs> uh, with that in mind, uh, T-Row, obviously we, we can start to, to – kind of sprinkle in a little football talk and the news is out there about Kennedy Brooks. There's nothing official from Lincoln. There's nothing official from OU yet, but with that in mind, boy, very, um, I don't want to say thin because there's, you know, still five guys, but as far as established guys right now, uh, kind of slim pickings in that running back room, great opportunity for TJ Pledger. And whenever we get Ramondre Stevenson back, it's going to be huge. Yeah. If, if this indeed happens, um, then I, I guess I have two lines of thinking. One is they're going to be fine because since Lincoln Riley's been calling the shots at OU and, I'm, and going back to when he was offensive coordinator, name me a running back who didn't have tremendous success in the system, right? I mean, whoever they've handed the ball to back there, P. Ryan Dixon, Anderson, Sermon, Brooks, whoever has been fantastic. So I think the system will allow for whatever talented running back they put back there to still be very successful. And they are talent. TJ Pledger, highly recruited. Marcus Major, highly recruited. Seth McGowan, highly recruited. Well, we know what Ramondre Stevenson is whenever he comes back. He was a beast last year. So they got a lot of talent, and they're going to be fine there. The other side of the coin is – Man, this is a bad year to be thin at any position. And it never seems like you can have enough running backs. Um, you know, you're just about the time you think you got too many to keep everybody happy. Then you're, you're starting to fullback at tailback at Iowa State in Ames. So uh, running back and wide receiver – They go into the season uncomfortably thin, which for Oklahoma is amazing. I mean, for the way that Oklahoma's recruited those positions and and Lincoln Riley, it's not their fault. They've had injuries. They've had suspensions. They've had uh, Trey Sermon uh, left the uh, program and now Kennedy Brooks opting out. Uh, All of that has added up to them being – thin at the two positions you probably would have thought there's no chance they're going to be thin at running back and wide receiver. And this year with the uncertainties around this disease on top of injury possibilities, uh, that's scary. I mean, that's, that's scary. Knock on wood. Hopefully everybody can stay. If they can, if they can stay healthy, I think there's a chance that 
there's a star in this bunch. I think, uh, you know, we're talking about Marcus Major being a breakout star at the end of the year. Or maybe Seth McGowan steps on campus and knocks everybody's socks off. He's got a chance, man. He is he is a well-put-together young man. Uh, but uh, it's all going to be this year about staying healthy and staying well. And uh, this is a precarious position they find themselves in now. Toby? Have a great night. Appreciate you being patient with me. And uh, boy, we got we got what tomorrow we're taping a TV show for the re. Or actually, right. t- tomorrow is sound off, where we're debating the greatest Big Twelve championship season in OU football history. And then we have the Sooner recap show. I keep. I, why can't I remember the name of this show? OU football flashback. My gosh, OU football flashback on Wednesday, where we're looking back at maybe one of our favorite games, the OU Tennessee game. When we were there That's in right. Knoxville in 2015. So, fun week ahead. T-Rod. I'm going to take a nap for the first three quarters of that flashback. <laughs> I have a great – that's one of my favorite stories ever. My wife was watching with her friends, and my buddy Rob, who's a diehard Sooner fan, literally said, I'm going in the other room, and I'm not watching this game. And they started making the comeback. And he didn't come back in the room. He's like, listen, I can't do it. I can't do it. And it worked, and we came back and won. It was great. <laughs> Thanks, Toby. Appreciate you, buddy. Have a great night. See you, point. See you, Toby. Thanks, t Row. Thanks, buddy. See you, brother. Thank you, buddy. All right, bye-bye. All right, Lincoln Riley Zoom is coming up here in just a bit. Yeah, I, I think that was one of my favorite TV shows we ever did after the OU Tennessee comeback. And I don't, man, I always try to give proper credit. Maybe it was the mind of Matt Archibald where we threw out there, let, let us know. I think, I think I threw it out on Twitter. Maybe we threw it out on the OU on the air site. What were some things that you did to change, try to change your luck at halftime of the OU Tennessee game? Maybe it was even in the third quarter. Toby had the classic, whatever you're doing, change your couch or change your seat on the couch. Turn your hat around. Do something different. Let's get the mojo going the right direction. And it did. And it was funny because I live in and die with my own uh, superstitions. I, I I believe there's a shirt that's good luck when I wear it for both the suitors and my beloved Las Vegas Raiders. I remember joking with uh, with Adam Starling, Pastor Adam, and, and he's laying out how he has a, a Nerf football that he carries around that if he doesn't have it, uh, he feels like it's bad luck. Everyone has their own thing. And the OU Tennessee game from 15 is a great example of uh, everyone exercising every possible good luck charm they had to save the day. All right, uh, Lincoln Riley Zoom coming up here in just a bit. First, the Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you in part by AT&T, America's Best Network. Academy Sports and Outdoors is the preferred sporting goods retailer of Oklahoma Athletics. Metroplex Electric, we can be your electrician. And don't forget, 2020 football season ticket renewals are still live. Log into your account at Soonersports.com to view all of your renewal information or call the ticket office at 325-2424 to discuss options. That's 405-325-2424. Lincoln Riley met with the media on Saturday. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, good to get back. Uh you know, we, as everybody I think has, has read, we, we gave our players uh, a couple of days off. Um, that decision came from a couple different viewpoints. Uh, you know, first was there's such a big gap when we when we decided to move the the original game to uh, the Missouri State game up a week into August. Um, that triggered an earlier start on OTAs and also an earlier start into uh, training camp. Uh, which has been going very well. And uh, we knew once the decision was made uh, at the Big 12 level uh, to, to back the season up and, and ultimately backing our Missouri State game up uh, a couple of weeks, we knew that we certainly weren't going to be able uh, and didn't feel it was going to be the right thing to go, you know, six and a half, seven straight weeks of training camp before you, before you play a game. Um, and so we knew at some point – we were going to need to give our guys a break. And uh, we honestly were planning on doing it a little bit later than what we did, uh, but that news changed it. And uh, and then I think also, and I know we referenced this in our statement, uh, the uncertainty, you know, certainly in the last, you know, last week in college football on if it was even going to go forward was, was a factor in the timing. The other factor to us in going ahead and doing that earlier rather than later was feeling like that if we did have uh, you know anybody come back and test positive uh, for COVID or did have anybody uh, get dinged on a contact trace uh, that it gave us plenty of time to to you know to handle those situations to get those guys 
isolated back with the team, you know, hopefully if everything goes to plan, certainly in time for uh, getting ready for the, for the season. And so, uh, you know, we felt like it was the right decision at the time and uh, so happy to get our guys back today. Uh, I would announce that we, we did conduct a, a COVID test uh, as planned with our players uh, last night, got the results this morning. We had nine players test positive uh, for COVID. We had uh, a couple of others, a relatively small number um, that have been uh, isolated due to the contact tracing. Um, the contact tracing, uh, I think as we've explained to you guys, is done by the State Health Department here in Oklahoma. Uh, so we're very aggressive about removing anybody that could have, have had any potential contact. Uh, we remove them from the team, put them in quarantine. And then if the State Health Department deems that they weren't a high-risk contact, then we've been uh, able to add them back in. And so uh, disappointed uh, by the news. Obviously, you know, we've done such a tremendous job, um, you know, really this entire time. Uh, uh, and certainly, you, you know, when you give your players some time that, that it's that, that there is risk in that. And uh, and so the, the two times that we've had any, you know, any serious number of cases have been when we brought our players back originally. And then here after having a few days where we where we have not had any organized team activities. And so uh, it's, a uh, you know, one, it's disappointing Two, it's a. Uh, you know, an opportunity for us to continue to learn, uh, continue to educate ourselves, because the reality is this this isn't the NBA. Uh, this is college football. We, we can try to minimize these risks as much as we possibly want, but we're never going to have a – be able to eliminate them 100%. We don't have a bubble. Um, and so we, we get that we're all going to have to continue to to work to, to do a better job on, on all accounts. Um we're still very confident in the plan uh, that we've had, uh, and I would still reference the you know almost you know well over a month long uh, period of success when our players were here with us every day that we went through and and were able to uh, substantially minimize positive tests, um, and then very confident in the protocols that we've had when we've had a positive test, whether it's somebody that did test positive or somebody that was a, that that they did get knocked as a. Uh, as a contact. And so, um, you know, obviously we're going to continue to, to monitor that, uh, very, very closely, which we have, and we'll continue to do so. And, uh, and, and like all this, you know, that this is new and we are, uh, we're confident in our policies. We're confident in what we're doing, but we're also understand that there's going to be curveballs. There's going to be things, uh, that come up that where we have to adjust. And we've, I think shown a willingness to do that up to this point, and we're going to continue to do so. Uh, would also announce um, from an injury standpoint, uh, four guys, Caleb Kelly, Cason Grant, uh, Marcus Hicks, and Justin Harrington uh, have all um, had some lower, uh, lower extremity injuries that, um, that required medical attention. Those guys will all miss a substantial part of this season. Uh, Harrington's we, we knew about. That was something that had occurred before he got on campus. Um, but all of those guys will be limited for, um, you know, for an, for an extended period. Um, uh, Practice-wise, you know, we're we're certainly, you know, been been excited about the way these guys have practiced. Uh, we really had a great stretch of, of practice before before we uh, before we took this this break, uh, guys. It's been fun to get back on the field with them, and we, you know, just. All the Zoom meetings, all the things going on, it's uh, it, it's just been refreshing, and the guys have really worked. And, and can you imagine a college football player right now with everything that's you know circulating in their minds, the uncertainty, all that's going on, uh, and have just been very very proud of how these guys have handled it. They've been willing, um, you know, they've 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 done a great job within our facilities um, of, of our protocols and then of, of, of attacking each day. Um, and it's been fun to see this team start to come together. You know, would also, also reference um, a, a couple of things as far as the job that our guys have done in this facility and then our confidence that we can, um, you know, continue to continue to push forward and continue to uh, do the right thing. Uh, talking about COVID and all of its, uh, all the things around that, you know, we've continued to practice uh, in masks. 
uh, which I've been, you know, most college football teams right now are not doing, and our team has done it, done it willingly, and and has done a great job. And so, uh, been been very pleased with that. Um, we continue to, to screen each and every player and staff member before they come into our facility each and every day, both both temperature and also uh, a form that they have to fill out each and every day. Um, and just the compliance with that around our facility, I think, has given us a lot of confidence in when we have our players here that we can create a, a very, very safe environment. Um, like I said, the, the area that our, our team has got to do a better job on is, is when when we're when we're not here, and we've known forever that 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 was going to be the major concern. Uh, we've been able to track back every one of these positives, and they've all come. They've all been community-based infections. Um, the when our when our team went home, uh, or when we gave our team time off here uh, the last several days, uh, over 75% of our team didn't leave Norman, um, and so th that's going to be the risk, and that's going to be the area where obviously not just our players, but players all over the country are going to have to do a great job um, when they're out of these facilities. Because I do think we and a number of other institutions are proving that we can keep them healthy and really mitigate a lot of risk within these facilities. And uh, the key is going to be is when they're not here, how good of a job can we all do? And, and it's up to all of us. And obviously something uh, for our program and our team uh, that we've got to do a better job of going forward and that we fully expect uh, that we will. So. Uh, like I said, with that, excited to get back to ball. Can't wait to uh, to get back on the field. We'll continue to make every adjustment needed uh, like we always do. First, we'll get to questions. We'll begin with Ryan Aber of the Oklahoman and then Eric Bailey. Ryan? Yeah, Lincoln, given everything you just said, uh, do you regret at all uh, sending the team home for a week? And also, does that raise your anxiety level now that students are back on campus and there's going to be so many more people around your your players yeah no it's that's that's a hindsight decision i mean yeah do you it'd be pretty easy for me to say right now that i regret it i also i also feel like if i keep a team hemmed up here for a six or seven week training camp that i probably would regret that too and so i i think the the reality is our players are not going to be in this facility all the time that is the reality. We don't have a bubble. We don't have a hotel that we can put them in and not let them out other than to go to class and come here. And so for us, it's going to be we as a staff, we as a team have to do a better job of educating and mitigating as much as we possibly can when they're outside of this facility. And it's got to be it's got to be a learning experience for us. I mean, it's uh, it's it's. I don't classify it as just that because obviously this is serious and having guys infected, we take that incredibly serious as serious as you possibly can. But we do have to learn from this, you know. And what we've learned up to this point is, when they're here, you know, we've done a pretty good job. We got to continue to do well and get better. When they're out of here, that's been the most danger. And I think you know what you referenced in terms of students coming back. I think that's the concern of every single college football coach in the country right now. Um, is you know is how is that managed? Because you know the the numbers the numbers game becomes much more difficult any way you slice it when when these students all get back to campus, like what's happening here uh, at our university right now. So, um, I yeah do I do I regret it? At the end of the day. I know why we made the decision, and at the end of the day, our players and our staff, when we're out of this facility, have got to do a great job, whether it's a two-day break or whether we're just out of there for a night and back in the morning. It's it's the same decisions and the, the same protocols that we have to go through. We have to be diligent, um, and this is obviously a, a, a great example of that. Okay, let's go to Eric Bailey of the Tulsa World and then Joe Bettner. Eric? Hey, Lincoln. Thanks for meeting us today. Um, with the college football decisions made this week, uh, is there a competitive advantage on the field by playing games and maybe even off the field recruiting that OU may have over other conferences that aren't playing? And also, how much would you consider immediate transfers from those conferences not playing? Uh, I, I, it's a hard question to answer because it probably is going to end up depending on if these other conferences, you know, do in fact play in the spring. Um, you know, if everybody ends up at the end of the day playing the same amount of games, practices, all that, I don't know that there's a huge competitive advantage. Recruiting will be interesting. I, I think a little difficult to predict, you know, and that does a recruit, how does a recruit and family view 
an institution or maybe an institution, you know, that's in a certain conference that either decided to play or not play. I mean, I, I think that's – I think it'll be interesting to watch, but I don't know that I could predict that right now. Um, and then uh, what was the second part of your question, Eric? Uh, just about would you consider immediate – Oh, yeah. Those yeah, no, we'll always, we'll always, you know, look at who's out there. Um, you know, I know there's some difficult decisions to be made there. And, again, you know, the, the spring football thing being a, being a factor there too. But if, but if somebody's available, we'll, we'll certainly do our due, our due diligence. Thanks, Lincoln. Okay, Joe Bettner with the Norman Transcripts. And then Jason Kersey. Joe. Yeah, Lincoln, uh, just kind of on that note of Big Ten, Pac-12 not playing, I'm curious what you think about the credibility of a college football playoff this year with having so many conferences opt out. And um, at that same token, I mean, how much do you worry about another Power Five league dropping out in this this season, kind of just crumbling, I guess? Yeah, I, I think there's, Joel, I think there's so many scenarios and so much going on that it's kind of, I think for me, at least, when, when I look at it, it's hard for me to even think about a playoff or any of that right now. Um, I think more than any time, it's so important for us to be focused on the day-to-day and uh, because this does change. And if you try to think about two, three months from now, I mean, this thing changes, it feels like, every day. And so it's almost it almost can become kind of maddening in a way. And uh, so I've tried to do my best to focus on – you know, each and every day, the things that I can control, getting these guys ready, keeping these guys safe. I mean, it's it's been, you know, a lot on everybody's plate around here. And so it's almost like it's almost at least within these walls, like you're so busy in the moment that I, I hadn't thought a lot about the playoff. You know, I, I get that there's a lot going on and, and this thing could go a hundred different directions right now. So we're, we're just focused on one, keeping our guys safe uh, Two. Uh, trying to get this football team ready to ready to go play, and then you know when the sun comes up tomorrow, uh, there'll be probably a new set of circumstances, and we got to be ready to deal with it each and every day. Thanks, Lincoln. Hey, got Jason Kersey of the Athletic, and then John Hoover. Jason. Hey, hey, Lincoln. Um, you, we've talked a lot through this about player mental health, and I'm wondering. You mentioned these, all these guys going down, especially, I mean, geez, a guy like Caleb Kelly, who's already been through so much. How has that affected the team's morale? And um, especially when there's all this other uncertainty about whether or not there'll be a season. Has that been worse than maybe it normally would? Yeah, no, Jason, that's a great question. And I would say before we had a schedule and, and kind of as this uncertainty kind of hit a boiling point, uh, you know, here in the last several days, uh, it definitely affected it. Uh, there's no question about it. Um, you know, I think you get thoughts in players' minds, which I totally agree with and, and absolutely understand of, you know, you know, why am I out here risking my body if I don't even have a Big 12 schedule out? I don't even know if our conference is going to play football. Um, and that was part of the reason why we, we shut it down here. I mean, without a doubt. Uh, not that we were getting a lot of pushback from our players. They've been great, but you could just feel that. And uh, and I get it. I, I I did not – the ultimate decision, I was on the phone with, with, with Joe C. And, and as we were talking through it, that was my ultimate decision on it to do it. We were going to give them time regardless, but to do it when we did it was based on I, – I don't feel like it's right of me to go out and practice our guys – and football is a risky sport in any time period, um, not even having a schedule and not even knowing that we're going to play. I do believe now having a schedule, uh, knowing that the Big 12 Conference has a plan to, to move forward towards a season has helped that. Uh, it's given some clarity and some direction, which our players needed, no question about it. Thanks, Lincoln. Okay, we've got John Hoover with SI Sooners. And then Keegan Renault, John. So now that you've actually had um, Spencer getting one uh, one reps in practice for a, an extended period of time, what qualities do you like in him so far that you've seen of him, Lincoln? Maybe he's doing something better now than he did when spring started. And then a, kind of a, an additional question about the area of leadership. It's such a strange time. You're breaking in a new quarterback, a young guy who's got to – kind of display those leadership qualities how's that coming along yeah I could tell 
John, I could tell a big difference with those guys, um, you know, and that they they really took advantage of the time that we were away. Um, you know, I think I think those guys really came back in a, in a good place mentally. Um, you know, all the different Zoom meetings, as maddening as it was to hop on a screen like this every single day, and that's all you could do, um, knowing that you could have been out there in spring football. I mean, that that was tough. And, and But they there was also an opportunity to cover and spend so much more time with them than we would have ever had. And, and the hope was is you see some of those results when you actually get back on the field. And, you know, granted, you know, we haven't been through just a terribly long stretch yet, but you can you can tell Tanner, Spencer, and then even you know, even Chandler, um, those guys are a lot further ahead than I think they would have been without all that time. So I, I've been I've been pleased with with the way those guys have played. Uh, um, excited about their progress, and and you know I'm excited to get the next several weeks under their belt and continue to push more. Yeah, from a leadership standpoint, uh, no, you're right. It's a it's an interesting time for for any leader, especially you know all of these guys who are, are young quarterbacks and young leaders in our program. Um, I, I think it's it's also provided those some opportunities uh, for them to kind of step up uh, and, and become leaders. And and I do I see strong leadership characteristics with all those guys. They they do it a little bit differently. Um, have, they have different personalities. Uh, you know, Spencer's a little bit more laid back. You know, Tanner's a little bit more kind of locked in, not locked in, but a little bit more serious of a personality. Um, Chandler, maybe somewhere in between. But but you, the thing you see is they're willing. They're not scared to lead. They're not scared to step up to the front of the line and, and assert themselves, which I think is the, the courage to do it and the willingness to do it to me are, are important, and they, they all three have that. Let's go to Keegan Renault with uh, Sooners Wire and then Nicole Auerbach. Keegan. Yeah, Lincoln, just curious. You've got Jalen Conyers listed as a wide receiver on, on the roster. Just where is he going to fit um, within within the offense and how much of an impact can a guy like that have right away? It'll, it'll be fun to see. He's a, he's a talented kid. He's a, he's a big kid that moves very, very well. Um, you know, he, he, he's in that category of – you know, we've had a lot of body types like that, whether it's Mark Andrews, you know, Grant Calcaterra, and then, you know, re- recently, you know, Carson Meyer, Jeremiah Hall, Stogner, Braden Willis. I mean, there's, you know, Mikey Henderson's another guy that's that's kind of intriguing in that way too. Uh, so I, I, I think the, the goal this year for him will be, you know, let's try to find a place where he could potentially help this team this year, and, and that may evolve and change. And uh, But he's – It'll be fun to see. He's a talented kid. You, you love his size, kind of effortless movements. Um, and so uh, a, a lot of interesting possibilities, but I don't know that I would want to nail it down right now because I do think he's got a skill set that, that could be pretty wide-ranging. Nicole Auerbach with The Athletic and then Jenny Carlson. Hey, Lincoln, you, you mentioned this a little bit earlier when you were talking about recruiting and all the potential, you know, things that we don't know yet are going to unfold from this. But I'm, I'm curious, you know, obviously everyone wants to get clarity about eligibility scholarship limits for next year what's your preferred model like what would you how would you like to see all of that shake out eligibility is a tough question because it's like it's like there's two sides of it I mean the side one is you know you feel if a player does have to miss time or chooses to miss time because of COVID you 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 get it and I mean it's uh it's a tough tough scenario and and part of you sits there and says man I want to give relief to everybody and then there's also the realist that you understand your your decisions have repercussions, and if you do that, what is the impact on college football rosters? What's the impact on the future? All of a sudden, if you if you give all these guys extended time, does that cut the number of young guys you can sign, and therefore cut the number of opportunities that high school players would get? I mean, there's just there's so much to it. So I. I I don't know that I have like a direct position on it other than I, I do believe there needs to be some relief. I, I fully support that. Um, but I do think we also have to keep in mind the long-term repercussions of it as well. And uh, it's not an easy answer. It's, uh, it's, it's not, I don't know that there's a right answer and that's the hard thing. I mean, everybody's going to be affected in some way. And so, you know, a lot of times to me that, you know, the, the best answers lie somewhere in the middle. Um, so 
hopefully we can find a, the best place to, to give some relief where it's absolutely needed um, and but also not damage you know too much of what's going on in the future as well. Okay, let's go to Jenny Carlson with the Oklahoman and then Lee Benson. Hey Lincoln, you were mentioning practicing in masks and face coverings. What's been the reaction or how have you seen that impact guys? Is it tougher on um, certain positions opposed to others? And then is that something you are looking at continuing to do in games uh, moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, so we've experimented with a few things. We've done, uh, we initially did the cloth covering over the face mask. Uh, we've got every player in the, uh, the eye, you know, the, the face shield. Uh, but we, we've experimented with three things, cloth covering, um, which effective, uh, not bad as far as breathing. The big problem with that is vision. Um, you, you just all of a sudden, you know, you've got something covering right here. Uh, it, it really limits the vision, which, which is dangerous. Um, we've, we've experimented with the plastic shield that's over the face and the face mask. Uh, again, breathing-wise, not awful there from what we've been told by our players. Biggest issue there is that fogging up. Uh, and then, you know, what's your answer if you get in a game uh, where it's raining or, you know, you're dealing with the elements. And then we've, and then we've, we've experimented with just the normal mask like our guys wear all other parts, uh, just being on underneath the helmet. Uh, probably have had the most success with that uh, because it doesn't get knocked off. Um, you know, it doesn't fog up. Uh, I think our guys are getting used to having them on all the time. We, we've had to adjust our practice schedule to give them more breaks, um, rotating guys a little bit more um, because, you know, from a, you know, just catching your breath, their bodies are working a little bit harder. It's, it is more difficult with those things on. Um, I, I think it's very doable and I've, our guys have had, you know, we've been able to have, um, you know, still very, very good practices with that. But, you know, I'll, I'll, it's going to be an adjustment, whatever we decide. Uh, as far as games, haven't received, you know, really, much guidance on that yet on what's going to be required uh, but uh, if given up to us we're going to have our faces covered some way somehow um, because just, just again the health of the student athlete being priority number one and there's there's no replacement for having a mask or something that acts as a mask on at any point and so that's why we've been stressing it both on the practice field and anywhere else thanks Let's go to Lee Benson with KWTV and then Brandon Drum. Hey, Coach, I was wondering if you could provide an update on the appeals process in regards to the players who, some of the players who could not play in the Peach Bowl. And in, in addition to that, just curious, since the game schedule has been reduced from 12 games to 10 games, any potential further discipline, does that factor into to any of that? Yeah, no no clarification on that. It's uh, It's being discussed. I think it's been... You know, and you understand why I put on the back burner a little bit with with trying to figure out how the how the season's going to unfold. But um, it's being discussed because I mean, obviously that that world is changing and has changed in, in so many different ways, and really kind of an archaic rule for college football. So um, uh, I know they're working on it. Uh, I do know that the the re reduction of the schedule is also being discussed and how it pertains, but I, I don't have any uh, any answers for you on it right now. Thanks. Okay, Brandon Drum with um, OU Insider and then Kerry Murdoch. Hey, Lincoln. Uh, people talk about, you know, everything they've learned throughout the, their coaching career. What is – how has all these events that have happened over the last, you know, seven, eight months kind of transformed you as a coach? And then secondly, uh, the running back situation, can you kind of touch on how some of those guys have been looking? Yeah, no, it's challenged in some different ways. Uh, I was laughing the other day. I don't think I've ever made this many schedules. I mean, we've made more schedules this year uh, that we haven't used than the ones we've used. It, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it definitely challenges your organization. I think your ability to, to adjust on the run because it feels like you're kind of, or on the fly, it feels like you're kind of doing everything on the fly right now. Um, but you got to really trust it, it, it. I think it puts a premium on your staff um, and the people you have around you and how much you trust them because it, it, it takes 
everybody's really got to be on the same page because you just simply can't organize and plan like we're used to doing. And so you got to make these like quick adjustments and everybody's got to be in lockstep, you know, seemingly every hour of every day as these things continually do change. So um, challenging, um, but I'm proud of the way our staff's handled it. Um, yeah, the running back position, it's, it's been fun to watch. It's a, uh, it's a very talented group. Uh, you know, some, I think Kennedy's come back in you know, some of the best shape that he's been in, excited how he looks physically right now. Uh, TJ Pledger's had a really strong uh, opening to camp, uh, similar, to, similar to last year. I mean, he's, he's, he's playing well, he's in shape, he's confident, he knows what we're doing. Um, been pleased with some of the young guys. Ramondre Stevenson, I would also add, you know, much improved from last year, much greater understanding uh, of what we're doing. He's, he's also doing well. And then been pleased with the with the with the young guys, uh, Marcus Major. It's great to have him healthy, back strong, fast, um, and, and again another guy that just so much more locked into what we're doing now. You just tell he's so much more confident. Um, and then Seth McGowan's really been a bright spot in camp as well. Um, he's as talented, or maybe you know, just as talented as we thought, maybe even a little bit more. It's uh, has has some impressive qualities for a young guy. So. Um, no, it's a good room, um, and and you know it's been fun to see you know Demarco coaching those guys. Uh, he's done a he's done a tremendous job with them so far. It's it's a it's a competitive, hungry, talented room right now. Okay, Kerry Murdoch with Sooner Scoop. Only one question today, please, Kerry. Uh, how about a combo question, Mike uh, Lincoln? Any idea how many of your players uh, are going to be exclusively taking online classes? Was that anything you pushed for? Uh, and also, any thoughts on the saliva test uh, being uh, approved by the FDA today. Yeah, uh, we will have more players in online classes. It certainly won't be uh, a blanket policy. Uh, most of that, honestly, Carrie, is just kind of what the university's gone to. You know, it's just going to be a higher percentage overall of online classes. Uh, we still are going to have some players in class. And, um, and again, we feel with the university's policies of everybody, you know, having to mask uh, staff, all other students, certainly our players, that that uh, we can provide a level of safety there that, that doesn't give us a ton of concern. Um, when I say a ton of concern relative to, to other things. And so um, we'll have a mixture, uh, certainly. Uh, and then the as far as the saliva testing, we're, we're keeping it up to date on that. Uh, you know, Scott Anderson, uh, Brock Schnabel, our crew are – um, you know, working through that with our, you know, we're not going to put a test in front that we don't feel like is completely accurate. We have gone back and forth and done a few different tests here, all of them nasal, but there's, you know, there's, there's different types. Uh, so we're trying to find the one that's, you know, right now been one, the most accurate because we're not going to sacrifice anything there. And then sec after that becomes, you know, how invasive and, and how quickly can you get results, all of those other factors. So, I mean, we're, we're on a test right now that's not very invasive uh, at all as far as the nose, and we've been getting results quickly and uh, felt good about the accuracy of those. So if something else comes out better, uh, we certainly won't hesitate to continue to dive deeper into it. All right, we'll go to Nathan Thompson with uh, Fox 23 in Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Coach, just uh, you know, you guys have obviously been working so hard on, on doing all the precautions you can for COVID-19. With just letting players go for a couple of days and getting nine positives, does that make you worried more that you're going to start this season and, and in the course of a, a month or two that you're going to have to call it off because too many people are coming back positive? Uh, I, I mean, I think I think it's a sense of reality for us um, and you know what we're really up against, and and I think what we're up against is something that's doable. But again, the key is going to be for our players, our staff, and, and I don't want to speak for other teams, but I think it's it's going to be pretty widespread across the country is how well can this virus be mitigated or stopped or contained when players and staff members are not in these facilities. It's uh, you just there's so many unknowns out there and so many variables when they leave here. And when you can't create a bubble, there is no everybody wants the 100 percent risk free thing. And that just when you don't have a true bubble, that can't, that that's impossible. And so, I think I think it's. Am I am I disappointed by it? Yes, I am. Uh, am I very confident in the policies and procedures and the success we've had up this point? Yes, I am. Um, I, I see a 
clear vision of, of how we get there, but we got to do it. And this is our, our, this just highlights how important that is. And that to me will be, end up being one of the determining factors if, if we are able to play this season and complete this season or not. And we've all got to do our part. Okay, let's go to Curtis Fitzpatrick with uh, Fox 25 and Sports Animal. Yeah, Lincoln, uh, wondering, has anybody on your team uh, told you that they could opt out or they're on the fence or has anybody actually indicated that they are going to opt out? Yeah, we've, uh, Curtis, we've had some, some good meetings with our guys. We actually had, they were already scheduled, uh, meetings with our, uh, both our, our team, uh, with all of our physicians, uh, here this morning. Um, not the first one that we've had, certainly not the last one, but just continually updating these guys. Uh, and then we also had a, a meeting today with uh, all the parents, of our players, uh, along with, again, physicians, administration, just to be as, as transparent uh, as we possibly can to continue to update them with all the information that we have um, uh, so that, you know, people can make decisions. Because that's the one thing we've told our, our, our families, our players, you know, is, listen, we're not all in the same situation uh, on the field. We're not all our family situations, our health situations. I mean, we all we all look at this through our own lens and, and how it directly relates to us. And so you can't make a blanket decision for everybody. Everybody's got to look at this individually and make the decision that's best for them. And, and our deal is we're going to be supportive of that decision. We're going to make sure you have all the information you could possibly need to make those decisions. And then, and then once they're made, we're going to, we're going to deal with it and we're going to move on. And so um, at this point, we haven't had um, any players that, that have decided to opt out, uh, Will it happen? It's, it's hard to say. Um, it, it certainly could. And, and if it does, we understand that and respect that and, and certainly have a plan for that. But um, um, you, you get in this, a situation like this that everybody's got to make you know, a, a decision based on them and their, their situation. And I think the key is, is communication and the key is having a healthy respect for whatever that decision is. Hey, Coach, you got time for one more. We've got Sam Kahn from ESPN. Hey, Lincoln, I know it's, I think it's been anecdotal so far, but I have seen some recruits uh, opt out of their senior seasons in preparation for, you know, and possibly enrolling in January across the country. I don't, I don't know necessarily about you guys, but I'm curious if that becomes a trend and you've got guys that basically haven't played, you know, in pads for a year. I'm curious how that impacts, you know, how you guys look at, you know, the recruits coming in, things of that sort. Um, yeah, I mean, it gives you one less you know, one less season of evaluation, their development, all that. I mean, probably like anything, it's there's positives and negatives to it. It also, you know, takes some of the hitting off their bodies through that time too. And maybe you get a fresher player as well. So I, is it, is it going to change, you know, our decision to bring somebody in or not? Probably not. Um, you know, is it, does it maybe make a difference on how you develop them when they get here and kind of their plan? Very potentially, but I think that would be very much, an individual on an individual basis um, because I mean I think for every player when they come into our program we, we try to take their history medical history playing history all that into account and then you try to set the best plan going forward to get them where where you think they can be and where they want to be and so that that you know we would do the same thing obviously there whether they played the season or not love listening to Lincoln Obviously, we're all going to be fighting through this, trying to stay socially distanced, wearing our mask, and making sure we do everything possible to get football and continue to pursue a football season in the fall. Hey, the Sooner Sports Podcast has been presented today in part by OG&E. OG&E, we energize life. Even in these uncertain times, your Oklahoma Chick-fil-A restaurants are here to serve you. Dining rooms are closed, but where possible, you can still order from the drive-thru, the Chick-fil-A app, or from DoorDash. Norman Regional Health System is here for you during the coronavirus pandemic. Learn more about its response at normanregional.com. And Phillips 66, live to the full. Here's what's on tap on the Sooner Sports Podcast this week, presented by Slim Chicken. Slim Chickens, we're ready to serve we have two football classic broadcasts this week. On Thursday night, you'll have the OU-Texas game from 2019. And on Saturday, the OU-OSU-Bedlam showdown in Stillwater on a Saturday night. It's a, it's a fun one. You know, the way we, we tried to time this out, to be honest with you, was, was that these were going to be our last two classic broadcasts that were going to lead right into game week. But 
We will continue our classic broadcast next week, including the jump around game, the 2006 OU Texas Tech game, and the classic in Manhattan, the Rodney Anderson game winning touchdown run. That was what, 17? So be looking for that on the Sooner Sports Podcast classic broadcast brought to you by slim chickens we're ready to serve everyone have a great rest of your week Uh, we're back with another episode on wednesday until then boomer sooner everybody